Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. If you are a newer listener, or maybe this is the first episode you've listened to, I appreciate you at least giving me a try. If you are somebody that is a loyal listener, then I, I appreciate you and I thank you for uh, just uh, your, your listens and hopefully you've left a review and all that good stuff. But either way, as you saw by the title, or I'm assuming you saw, the cost of contentment. What do I mean by this? Well, this, I kind of look at the whole jobs, the whole wage scenario, which is essentially one in one in the same, as all circling around a core foundational issue. And whether you wanna talk about jobs and wages from a political standpoint, whether you wanna talk about it from just a purely economical standpoint or a business standpoint, at the end of the day, the cost of contentment is what it's all about. And it is why certain policies hurt things. It's why other policies perhaps maybe help things. But it all boils down to this. And I am not talking about this from a Republican viewpoint or a Democrat viewpoint or a socialist viewpoint or whatever. I'm just making observations. And like I said, boil it all down. It's just simply numbers. And psychology, numbers in psychology is what make up the job market and you know just wages. So wages and jobs, one of the same. And I, I'm sure that even if you do headline scanning, so not even necessarily read articles or anything like that, you're well aware that jobs, wages, lack of jobs, where are the jobs, what are the wages, why aren't the wages increasing fast enough? All of that is nothing new to the world of politics or economics. So let's just kind of break this down because I, I really wanna focus on this and if I can shed some light into things, that's fine. If I can just kind of get you to think a little bit, then that's great too. But really nothing is that complicated. Perhaps I'll insult your intelligence and state the obvious with some of these things. But when, you, when I read some of the stuff I read, when I see some of the people's logic and I see some of the people's vantage point, it makes me wonder, maybe things aren't that obvious. But let's just start with two people and you know, the two people, they're gonna, you know, have varying um, characteristics about themselves. So I'll leave it at that. But before we go into these two people with the varying, various, there we go, various uh, characteristics, what does content actually mean? Well, a definition or one of the definitions I found looking it up online, a state of satisfaction. So just, hey, you're content, you're satisfied, you're pleased, you're just, you're content. So that is what content is, a state of satisfaction. And before I go into anything further and talk about these two you know, hypothetical people, I have no judgments in regards to this. If you are content, if you are satisfied, or you think you will be content, you think you will be satisfied by driving a Lamborghini and living on your own private island you know, with a helicopter and a mega yacht and a 15,000 square foot mansion, Awesome, hey, you're aiming, you're aiming high. You're aiming high for sure, and I don't look down upon you at all. If you're content with, hey, you know what, I just need you know, something very basic, which brings into the whole point, well, what is basic to you? My point is that I, 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 don't, I don't look at anybody as, oh wow, those are your ambitions? Oh man, you're kind of shooting too little too high. No, if, if you have big ambitions, great. If your ambitions are just you want to live a simple life, that's that's awesome too. I'll I'll bring myself into this, and in some ways I'm 
I'm very jealous of this and I, you know, but me compared to my father-in-law, my father-in-law, he has a TV and well, he had a TV and then, uh, you know, my wife and I, we got him, you know, a quote unquote fancy one. Uh, for him, it was very fancy uh, several years back. But before that, just uh, an old TV, no cable, you know, nothing, just a, a cable. You get the local channels and you know what? He was, he was content. He just, he went about his day. He went, okay, I'll watch the news, maybe check in on sports every now and then. But very, very content with, from my viewpoint of contentment, I would not be content with that. I would not be, that would not be okay with me. I would, I want like a big screen TV. And again, I do own a big screen TV. So I'm not talking about any of this from a, a perspective of, oh, you want this or, oh, you don't want that or no judgments. I have a big screen TV in my mind, in my world, in my, you know, you know, levels of satisfaction. You know, do I need a big screen TV? No, but apparently I, I felt that I would be more content if I had one. So I, I do have a big screen TV. So just keep that in mind. That's just an example of everybody's different. What is a proper level of content? I don't know. What is too much content? Or I, I don't know. I mean, have whatever level of content, aim for something. And then that'll actually help you put together a plan on how to get there. So just no judgments. It is what it is. Whatever your goals are, whatever your contentment level is, everybody's a little bit different. But everybody a little bit different boils into economics and just flat out numbers. So let's just look at roundabout way. I brought up these two people and then I you know, kind of went off on that side little tangent there. But I did want to make sure that you know, there's no judgments on my part. I'm not saying anybody is right or wrong. I'm just saying that these are the things that you need to be considering as you kind of maybe uh, self audit, you know, kind of reflect upon maybe your cost of contentment. But there's two people here, okay? And I'm gonna make this a little micro example. So this is a little example, and but I'm illustrating a, a much bigger point here. But these two people, one person says, you know what? I need HBO and I need Netflix. That, that, that would... That monthly cost, I, I, I want that. You know, that, that, is, that would be a, a satisfying result for me. I wanna have Netflix, I wanna have HBO. Again, hey, that's fine. If, if, if you wanna you know, have cable TV or Netflix or HBO, all of the above, one of the above, hey, whatever. I mean, if, that's what, uh, if, that where, if that is where your satisfaction level lies, then so be it. No judgments on my part. However, if you have somebody else that says, nah, don't need HBO, nah, Netflix, nah, nah, I don't, I don't need cable. You know, so kind of like my father-in-law, they're just, when it comes to TVs and what you can watch on the TV, they are content with the basics of all basics and there is nothing fancy going on at all. Now, there could be somebody that's even, you know, there's some people out there that don't even have TVs. So from that perspective, hey, you know, their, their contentment level is even less than, you know, what my father-in-law's is, but those are the two people. One person says, yeah, I, I, I need, I want, I'm satisfied with HBO and Netflix. The other person says, no, I'm okay, I'm good. So who has higher cost associated with their level of contentment? Well, you're probably saying, who has a higher level of cost? Month to month cost. So let's look at it as monthly cost. Hopefully I'm insulting your intelligence. I'm sure I am. And you're saying, well, you just told me that one person in order to be satisfied, they, they, they need HBO, they need Netflix. Those things cost money. So they're going to be paying more per month compared to somebody that says, well, I don't need either of those. 
like I said, just very basic math here, right? Somebody wants something because they'll be satisfied with it, but that's something they want, costs money. Therefore, their cost of being content is going to be higher than the person whose contentment is, no, I don't need any of those. So there we go. We have Netflix versus no Netflix, right? The Netflix person, they're just gonna have a higher cost of contentment. So let's kind of shelf all that. Let's set that aside. And let's talk about companies, employers, whatever you wanna call them. What does a company do? What do employers do? Well, companies slash employers, they're gonna offer some sort of product or service. And why do they offer that product or service? Well, because somebody who started that company, they also had some level of contentment and they decided, you know what? Maybe I can obtain my level of contentment if I you know, start this company or, or what have you. But at the core, what is a company main job? Well, their goal is they want a great product. They want the best product, however, at the lowest price. Because if you have an awesome, you know what's, you know what's an awesome product? A Boeing jet, a 747 jet. That is an awesome, awesome product. But, I mean, there's an extent to which they can actually bring down the price. Yeah, they wanna have as low as price as possible, but, I mean, there, there's only so much they can do to actually make that you know real for most people. And most people, they can't do anything about it because I'm, I'm sure you can probably count on your hands and feet the amount of people that have their own 747 Boeing. So yeah, they do wanna have the best product, but just because you have an awesome product, that doesn't mean you can offer it at low prices that you know open you up to all sorts of business. So that's where, yeah, great products, but they wanna have those products at the lowest possible price. Because remember, markets are competitive. You are up against other people. And if your prices are too high compared to somebody else's, and both project or products or services solve some sort of the same problem, well, I wanna, I wanna hang on to as much money as I can. You wanna hang on to as much money as you can. So why would you not choose the person that can, can solve your problem for the lowest amount of money? I mean, that's just common sense, right? That's just good money management. So that's what companies need to do. Offer great products at low prices. So now let's look into kind of pro prices. What actually goes into establishing that price? Well, a big part of it is the cost to make the product, the cost to produce some sort of service. If it costs you, and I'm just making this number up, let's say $5 to create something, and then you go and you sell it for $4, that's not good. Your, your, your company will soon be bankrupt if you are charging a price of $4 when it actually costs you $5 to make. Again, the math is not complicated here. So companies, they care about cost because the more they can control their cost, the better prices they can offer. And the better prices they can offer, the better they can beat out their competition. Now let's think about cost. What types of things go in a cost? Well, you know, you have material items, you have you know many other different little areas of cost, but one of them is, well, somebody needs to do what needs to be done. Them being, well, a person or you know, to get fancy labor, right? You have labor costs. You need somebody to labor to produce a product or produce a service. So what actually is a labor cost though? A labor cost at the core is, because that's this is what we all do. We all decide to go out there and sell our time. Now an entrepreneur, they're going to, well, no, I'm not gonna sell my time. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the route of, I'm, the high risk route, 
of, I'm just going to try to make something out of my own time, but there's no guarantees. So most people, and there's nothing wrong with it, are employees. They go out there and they sell their time to other people. They sell their time and say, hey, what are you willing to pay me you know, to do this? What are you willing to pay me to do that? And employers will say, I'll pay you this, I'll pay you that. And you know, that's how the market works. Companies need to go out there and find somebody that is willing to you know, sell you their time. If a company approaches you and says, hey, we would like to buy your time for $3 an hour, you're probably gonna say, nah, I'm gonna have to pass on that. If somebody says, hey, you know, we'd like to buy your time for $35 an hour, hey, may, may, that, that's a whole much, you know, that's a different situation. Maybe somebody's like, ah, well, we really like that skill you have, so because we like that skill, because that skill is in demand, and I, I know that company offered you $35 an hour, hey, come over here, we're gonna give you $38 an hour, and we're also, we'll, we'll pay for your health insurance. Hey, well, there you go. I, right there, somebody is offering to not only compensate you um, for your time, but is now kind of throwing in that bonus. But at the core, like I said, that's, that's how the labor market works is people are out there selling off their time and people's time obviously becomes more valuable given the more skills that they have. I mean, if your biggest skill in life is I can you know, deep fry some french fries, don't get me wrong, that, that's, that's a good spot to start, but if you think that you're gonna actually build upon that and if you think your time is gonna get more valuable just by sitting there and saying I can deep fry french fries, yeah, your time is not nearly as valuable. You're not gonna be able to sell your time compared to somebody that says, yeah, you know, I have an engineering degree, I have a nursing degree, I have some sort of degree where people are like, oh wow, yeah, that makes your time that much more valuable and I, I need to pay up for that time. So that's what people are doing. They're out there selling their time. So let's think about this. People are out there selling their time and you know, they're, they're everybody's time, uh, you know, want, they want the highest value for it. But what is one of the things that is going to dictate what you need to value your time at? Or in other words, how much money you need to make? Well, your cost, right? Your cost of contentment. Because companies are gonna go out there and they are going to look for people that can offer them the lowest cost for their time. What they're willing to take for their time. And when you have two people, somebody saying, well, I, I need to make this amount per month because I need Netflix and I need HBO, and if that person's competing against somebody that says, no, I'm, I'm good, I don't need HBO, I don't need Netflix, what does that other person have the ability to do? They have the ability to just work for less, and it doesn't affect them because their contentment level is fine. They don't need to pay for HBO, they don't need to pay for Netflix, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. And if, quote unquote, that number is less than somebody else's, well, sorry, I mean, you're, you're your higher level of satisfaction, your higher level of contentment comes with a price. And, and the price, the trade-off here, is that if you're going up against somebody that has a less cost of contentment, well then they're gonna get that job. And that company is wise to give that person the job because they are spending less. And when companies spend less on the cost of labor, their total costs go down. And when their total costs go down, they can then offer lower prices. And when they can offer lower prices, then us as consumers, we like that. And they, the company likes it because it's gonna help them beat out the competition because hey, we can offer lower prices. And again, this lower price coming from the fact that, well yeah, they, uh, you know, back way at the core, they found somebody that was offer, you know, willing to offer up their time less than somebody else. So when you stop and think about it, 
Why do, why do jobs get shipped overseas? Why does that happen? Well, we have it pretty good in America. Our cost of contentment is quite high compared to many other places in the world. So when you, know, you look at some of these countries where, oh, well, all those jobs are getting shipped off to insert company, and then you look at, or insert country, and then you look at the country, those people are satisfied. They don't need a smartphone. They're good, and again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wanting a smartphone. I want a smartphone, I own a smartphone. So I'm not making judgments, I'm just saying that there are places around the world where they're like, I'd be happy with a flip phone. I'd be happy just to be able to call somebody you know, and not have to find some sort of you know, hardwired phone. A huge house, no, I'm happy, you know, two bedrooms, just give me a bathroom, I'm happy with that. Do I need to you know, go out and eat every night? No, I'm fine just you know, eating at home. There's, there's people in those countries, and when you look, there's you know, another economic term, their standard of living, their cost of contentment is quite a bit lower. And that gives them the advantage over a lot of people as Americans, myself included. If I wanted to work you know, for, if, if a call center was like, hey, we wanna hire you, Clay. Well, I, I would say, all right, well, let me figure out what, what I think my time is worth, what I wanna sell my time, and you know, a big function of this is gonna be what my you know, level of you know, my cost of contentment. I guarantee you there's gonna be people in other countries, and uh, you're probably thinking of the stereotypical country that I'm talking about where when you call in for help, it's somebody from another country. Well, why is that? It's because by doing that, they are able to offer you lower prices because they can pay that person much less than what they can pay an American. Why? Because that person is happy with much less. They are content with much less. And I'm not calling anybody greedy. I'm not calling anybody, aim for the stars, go for it. There's nothing wrong with having a high cost of contentment because you are striving and that, that's great. But you, you have to realize that you, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. This is economics. The world is a competition. And if somebody's willing to take less than you are, if their standard of living is less, well then they have an upper hand over you in terms of a job, in terms of an opportunity. So just keep that in mind. That's why jobs go overseas. It's not because companies are evil. I would argue companies are actually doing it because they wanna offer you low prices. They want to give you the best deal possible. Maybe not because they're little angels. In fact, that's not that at all. They wanna give you lower prices because they know they have competitors and those competitors are also doing the same thing. So sure, that maybe they're not doing it because there's some sort of you know, knight in shining armor, but they are doing it because they're acting in their self-interest of trying to grow as a company. And the way you grow as a company is you have to beat your competition. And how do you beat your competition? You have to offer a great product at the lowest prices possible. How do you offer the lowest prices possible? Well, you have to keep your own costs down. One of those costs being labor. And if you can find cheaper labor costs someplace else because somebody's willing to sell their time to the company for less because their contentment level is less, well then, why wouldn't the company do that? if their ultimate goal is to beat their competition by offering you low prices. That's just good business. That's just understanding the numbers. And there's no politicalness here. There is absolutely, I'm not making any points other than the fact that that's why jobs go overseas. Some jobs stay here because you know what? People in those other countries, sure, they're one to sell their time at a very cheap level, but they don't have the skills to actually do the job. So therefore, we need to find people around here that have the skills. And because those people have skills, 
well, they're, they're more valuable. So sure, it would be great to pay that person that amount that they were willing to work for, but that would be stupid because, I mean, they're not gonna get the job done. So, okay, in this case, it would be worthwhile to, to hire somebody, let's say in this country, because they actually do have the skills that we want and we're willing to pay for those skills, which factors in their time. And you know, companies, are, they're, they're smart. At the end of the day, I, I realize you can throw out a lot of jokes towards companies and all that, but companies are pretty, they, they got some pretty smart people working for them. They, they, they know their numbers. They know what needs to be you know, paid for things, including labor, and they have, they have their spreadsheets, they have their accounts, they have their number crunchers. So you know, just remember that. And it goes to, well, you know, the whole wage thing. I, 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 I want higher wages, wages aren't increasing fast enough. Again, I'm not gonna make any judgments, and that's fine, okay. If that's uh, the problem, wages aren't increasing fast enough. The first question you need to ask yourself is, what is your cost of contentment? Meaning, what do you think is gonna make you satisfied? And there's no wrong answer here. If you're saying, I want two brand new cars, I want a big screen TV, I want a, a 3,000 square foot house that has four bathrooms, and I wanna take you know two vacations a year, one vacation to Europe, one vacation to Hawaii, and you know that would be my level of contentment. Hey, bravo, awesome, I have no, that's great. You're shooting high, you're aiming high, fantastic. The next question needs to be, okay, well, how do I obtain that? How can I actually make that money? How can I sell my time for that amount that's going to allow me to do that? Now, of course, you need to do some calculations. You need to figure out what those sorts of things cost and all of that, and then that's gonna give you a number. And you take that number and you say, all right, now I have to be able to sell my time for this number. So per year, I need to be able to sell my time and make my time valuable enough to some other company for this amount. Or you can say, well, you know, I, there, there's really nothing out there. So maybe I have to start a company. Maybe I have to, you know, something do on my own because that's the only way I'm gonna get to that number. Or maybe you're looking at the number and saying, okay, yeah, yeah, there's jobs out there, there's wages out there that will pay me that. Okay, so how do I get to that? I don't know, maybe I gotta go back to school. Maybe I gotta learn a skill. Maybe I have to you know, do some sort of short-term pain that'll give me the skills that'll make my time more valuable and those people will, will pay up for it. But I mean to sit here and say, you know, I want this, that, and the other. I, want, I have this cost of contentment. I have this standard of living and I expect I need to get there, but you know, the only skill I'm gonna have is you know, fr uh, you know, frying fries. I'm sorry, that, that's, that's just not gonna happen. Why, why would a company pay you for what your you know, standard of living is, for your cost of contentment, when your only skill is, is not gonna be able to get the job done that would justify what they could pay you had, you know, if you did have the skill. So there's, there's really no way around it. You know, rising wages, Make your own, you know, increase your own wage. And you do that, and I've talked about this in past podcasts, by just going through that system. You, first off, you just have to identify what is your content, you know, what is your cost of contentment? You know, what is gonna make you satisfied? That's gonna give you a, a ballpark number. The next step is, okay, what career fields out there, what jobs are gonna pay me that number per year? And then you go and get the skills to get those sorts of jobs. And that, that's really that. I, now, I never said any of this is necessarily easy. Yeah, you may have to go somewhere and study really hard at school. You may have to get dirty. You may have to break a sweat. I don't know, I'm not, I, I'm certainly not here proclaiming any of this is gonna be a cakewalk where it's just you know total butterflies and rainbows and all that, puppy dogs and kittens. It, it very well may be hard. Or maybe, 
Maybe it's not very hard. If you're like, you know what? I'm happy, I'm content living in a one bedroom apartment with one bathroom and I, you know, I don't need to go out to eat ever. I don't even need a TV, who cares? I, I'm good with a flip phone and I, I'm happy, that, that's good, I, I, I'm good. Well then guess what? You can probably do anything in the world you want job-wise because you just, you're content. You're, it's very easy to keep you content. Therefore, you don't need to go learn a bunch of complicated skills. Now, if you want to, that's great. That'll increase your value. But if you're happy where you are and you're like, yeah, I, I like to go fry fries. I like to flip some burgers. Great, no judgments on my part. But, you know, you, those people, you know, can't go and expect and want other things without actually going and having to work hard. So that is why jobs go overseas. That is, you know, why the whole, I need higher wages. I need my wages to increase. We'll go figure out what that number, increase to what? That's always a crest. Wages need to increase, increase to what? Okay, well, there you go. Find that number. And then from there, find the skills, develop the skills. They're gonna need to take you there and you have your problem resolved. So I, you know, I just wanna get over this, uh, go over this because I see some stuff every now and then that makes me think, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a, Greed's probably not the right word. I mean, it is kind of. Some people, I am, I'll, I'll go back to, I am more greedy than my father-in-law when it comes to TVs. I, my, my level, I, I like that big screen TV. I really like my big screen TV. But my father-in-law, who, as I've talked about, he is so much less greedy. He is so much more content than I am when it comes to TVs, just because I don't need any of that. And therefore, his overall cost of living is gonna be lower than mine, so, he's gonna have an upper hand if him and I were going head to head with some sort of job. Assuming, of course, we had the same skill level. So if we had the same skill level and then him and I are going up against one another, yeah, he's gonna beat me every time because I, I need to make enough to afford that big screen TV. He doesn't, so there we go. He can work for cheaper. The company's gonna hire him for cheaper. Again, remember, we have the same skill level, so why wouldn't the company hire the cheaper label labor? They wanna succeed as a company. So keep that in mind. Hopefully, uh, this at least got your head thinking a little bit. Uh, maybe you turned this off a long time ago. If you are still listening though, I appreciate it. And yeah, I, I, as weird as this stuff is, I love to talk about it because sometimes people make things way more complicated than what it is. But yeah, you know, jobs go overseas because those overseas people, they just don't need, enough, need as much as us Americans. And I don't say that in a bad way because I'm sitting here with my smartphone and my big screen TV. I'm just saying, uh, you know, if you wanna have a certain standard of living, if uh, you gotta figure out that cost of contentment and then you can work from there. So get out there and get it done. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating, that goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there and I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off 
$163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media. Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.